Hello everybody, Marcus here again with another Best of the World Cup episode as we look back over the business end of the tournament. There were penalty shootouts galore, some Moroccan magic, and yet another England post-mortem. It just wasn't to be, Gareth. Thanks for listening to us throughout the World Cup. It's been a joy bringing you episodes through what's been a tournament like no other for good and of course for bad. We'll be back tomorrow with the Football Rambles Guide to Christmas Football. Then next week, there are a few more guides to enjoy and some rambles covering the return of the Premier League. We'll see you then. At the start of the tournament, I felt really awful that Sadio Mane hadn't made it and that he'd got mm, injured. Same. But now I'm really, really happy. <laughs> because had Sadio Mane been Because in you're this selfish, team, as discussed yeah, before. That's, selfish, that's, Jules. Absolutely. I want England to win. I'm going to go along tonight. I'm going to paint England oh. flags on my face. I've got my England top ready. I'm absolutely yeah. buzzing. Come on, the boys. Sing your Let's songs. do it. Sing yeah, your awful I'm gonna, songs. I'm going to sing all the awful songs. It's going to be great. I, can't, I actually can't wait. And you know what? The reason I'm feeling so optimistic is because Luke Shaw got shat on by a bird the other day. And that's meant to be yeah. really good luck. So I, I might even just put it out there. I think he's going to score tonight. Yeah, I mean, Jack Grealish was the one that was laughing the most at Luke Shaw getting <laughs> shot on by a bird. But I'm not sure Jack knows what a bird is. I'm, I just, you know, like things, like you perceived knowledge, you just think that people have. He has proven time and time again that he doesn't have. So he's, like, he's probably like, ha, 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 what was, seriously, what was that thing flying around? Was it a bat? What's going on? But do you remember when, um, do you remember when Ashley Young got, got, um, shot on by a bird and it was, some of it went in his mouth and then he said oh. it didn't go in his mouth but we all oh saw it go God. in his mouth do you remember it was in a Premier League match are you sure now? this yeah. happened are you sure this happened it definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. happened I actually right. remember okay. this now I actually remember it now right okay yeah. <laughs> so and then he he got in the team of the tournament last time he played in an international tournament so I just think this is yeah. going to be good for Luke Shaw I'm looking forward to getting to the match I'm going to get myself ready and get up there soon Andy have a lovely day Pete are you back on VAR tonight because you, uh, you made <laughs> yes. the headlines the other that day didn't you that was so good There's, the weirdest uh, the, thing you know I've been doing this job for a long time and you know nothing surprises me but good god that made me laugh uh, producer Finn I think wrote on Twitter um, because I'm because I bombed Japan like the, it's kind of uh, I'm really pleased that Japan got through and, and I, I did I was the VAR official in the in the in the truck and uh, and some <laughs> unlovable little football aggregator sort of said uh, Pete Donaldson VAR official did he get the call right <laughs> like, mate, I'd love to become a pariah for no fucking reason I'd love that that'd be brilliant I want I want to be, I wanted people um, calling out SWAT teams to my house and key in my car. I want all of that. I want it all. <laughs> oh my God. It was the headline. It was so official. VAR official Pete Donaldson says the ball was kept in. <laughs> I think I replied to the post on, it was like the nugget or something. I went, I'll do yeah. it again as well. I'll do it again. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> It's always pleasing to have Luke Moore back in the studio. That's not the main highlight here. That's not the headline of today's show by any means. But thank you. It's good to be back. Oh, as soon as we get into the knockouts and England win, the big man's back. Got an injury. Are you still going to take me? I won't be, I won't be available for the group stage. Are you still going to take me? A later dish that we were all yeah. waiting for. Everybody. What show you? to come back on? <laughs>
Well, I tell you what, it was a wonderful England win. They beat Senegal 3 0, of course. And uh, I haven't checked the fixtures who they've got in the next round. So let's just enjoy this. <laughs> you already said it in the intro. <laughs> just glossed oh, over yeah. it. Already... Through to the quarters, France. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, chaps, where, where, where do we begin? I think we should start with something that a lot of people won't know. And we have to thank Ed on Twitter for pointing this out that there is. A psychic reindeer. Yeah. Um, don't question that. In Gloucestershire, called Sven, which predicted England to win. Thought that might be relevant. What The thing is, I've seen the video, and what they've done is they've got a reindeer, mm-hmm. and they've put an England flag on one bucket, and a Senegal flag on the other Oh, I know bucket, how it works. And they put food in it, right? Yes, yeah. And the, and the, and the, More food in the England bucket. And the, ra- <laughs> the, reindeer, the reindeer's chosen the bucket. It chose the England bucket, hence the prediction. Mm. My problem here is what's psychic about it? No. <laughs> There's nothing psychic about it. It's not It's not telling you what someone else is thinking. It's uh, just eating out of a yeah. bucket. It might have chosen the bucket because it's got some other un- otherwise unknown mm. knowledge about football that we don't know about, yes. but it's not psychic. Well, I think it's called Sven because I think it's a balding smoothie of a reindeer. Right. Right. Is that the, that the official no, yeah, yeah. breed? Does it add the massive horns? Yeah, <laughs> And I know that everyone's thinking, well, hang on, it's 2022. We've just beat Senegal through it. Why are you talking about him? Well, don't yeah. worry. That's it. We're, we're done. Well, um, I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose in a, in a in an indirect way, uh, he sort of mentioned it because here's a stat for you: England won six knockout matches between 1968 and 2016. Mm. Six. Yeah. And we often think that we've got great history and pedigree yeah. in international football. Well, that suggests otherwise. Gareth Southgate has now won six in his time in charge. Obviously. His time in charge was earlier than this, but in tournaments, uh, 2018 to obviously now, 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's impressive, isn't it? And yeah. it is worth remembering because I think there are some a lot of fans and maybe a lot of people working in football media who sometimes get a bit negative about Southgate. It's very negative. He likes yeah. to play and whether the time... I mean, a lot of the chat leading up to this tournament was whether this would be his last tournament, whether the time's up, mm-hmm. whether they need to find someone who will quote-unquote take the handbrake off and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, so it's worth pointing out that we are living in a golden... Era, we're living through a golden era of, of England mm-hmm. fandom, really. Absolutely. I mean, not, not really had no one realistically of our age can remember anything like this. But I think sometimes when people talk about the handbrake, you need direction on the car because sometimes mm. if you release the handbrake, it just sort of rolls down a hill and smashes or goes into yeah, the river, yeah. which we've seen before. Very much so. And also, has anyone who's saying that England needs to take the handbrake off ever driven with the handbrake on? Yeah. <laughs> if, so, wants, if they have, yeah. they don't, they're not worthy of an opinion here. I think so. Because that's mad. It is mad. Most uh, modern cars, you can't even do it. They're automatic <laughs> handbrakes now. It's silly. We say farewell to the Aussies, but Argentina are through. And just on the subject of Argentinian football, we've got to check in with the Acardis. Let's have an update. I feel like we need like music for this segment because yeah. we do it so often. The Acardis. There you go. Perfect. Done. That's a new jingle. Um, mm. Maro Acardi is back with Wonder, guys. This is the news we've all wanted. Um, we've been following it every step of the way, and this is the most recent of the events. They announced that they'd split up after neighbours of their late Como home reported them covering their furniture in petrol and setting it alight. That wasn't too long ago. Wanda then went to Argentina and filmed a steamy music video with a rapper. Maro doesn't take that very well. He then abandons Galatasaray to try and win her back. It doesn't work. He sacks her as his agent after she tries to claim almost a million pounds in fees. And then last week... Da, 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 da. Maro posts a picture of them back together on his Instagram with the caption, 
It wasn't the woman of my life. It was my life turned into woman. <laughs> Disney stories also have second seasons. I love you. <laughs> yeah, this is very much the Disney <laughs> Disney Channel show, uh, Dog with a Blog, uh, that, that, that didn't make second season. Um, I I'm think it, it, I mean, it, it, look, if if anyone takes anything, our younger listeners who have friends who are going through rough times in their relationship, uh, maybe they've just broken up, never slate the departed <laughs> ex because they'll be back. All right, <laughs> never slate them. Be very diplomatic. Never tell them about your true feelings about, you know, the way they carried themselves or the way they combed their hair or what they smelt like. Never go into, never do a uh, um, two-footed tackle uh, against Tunisia into the X because they'll be back at some point. They'll be uh, wandering all over the place. Relationship advice from Pete Donaldson. Correct, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, this is just so huge that when... Icardi brought these photos out of them in the Maldives and you know Maldives holiday in in winter that's a power Mm. move you know there's no getting around that (laughs) I I think when this came out I was thinking why is everyone talking about the World Cup I mean this is the thing really (laughs) without further ado gentlemen uh, Spain nil Morocco nil uh, three nil on penalties they are so fucking good. Oh my goodness, Morocco! It's, it's one of those World Cup moments you sort of got, like you will remember where you were, I think. And I was on a train and I managed to get 4G connection. Yes. I was so pleased with that. And, That's nice. Uh, and I spilled mm. pomegranate juice all over uh-huh. the floor. And I uh, and it was just the fucking best. Well, well you, 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 you off football to, started. Well, you, you're off to the famous uh, Edgware Road in central London where <laughs> reams of uh, Moroccan people out on the streets. Yeah, right, you right, look at that yeah. and I think, is that Rabat? No, blimey, that's just <laughs> up the road. There's also <laughs> get involved. I think there's also almost a million Moroccans living in Spain. Yes, of course. So well, uh, uh, they, I mean, uh, the history between those two. Yeah. Well, they're neighbours. <clears throat> they are neighbours. Remarkable that in 120 plus minutes, of course, because we'll add the penalty sheets up, Morocco kept a clean sheet. Yeah. And they will do that. They've got a hell of a defence. <sighs> and did you like it? It was the man born in Spain, uh, Ashraf Hakimi, who settled the tie with a penenka doing his little penguin celebration because he was born in Spain but chose to play for his parents' country I've, of I've Morocco. Never, I've never... Um, seen or heard of a man's testicles being described so often really <laughs> like everyone's gone the fucking oh. stones on him the fucking stones yeah 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 the penenka at that position in the shootout yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah it was quite something I have to I'm say I'm surprised he got his little dance out to well, be honest I, th- I think um, if you if you were looking at the other team's penalties being as bad as they were <laughs> yes. probably just think can't go wrong no, exactly. they're never going to score I one pump, yeah. I could fart on this ball yeah. they, they could be taking going. penalties now <laughs> and still not score he one run up. I want. he could have run up and done a sort of uh, a clinsman but like tried a diving header <laughs> yeah. and see what, how he got on with that absolutely yeah. atrocious penalties but terrible but the, the game the game itself was uh, was an interesting one because it felt to me like the crowd played a massive part well, I the tell crowd you what, were pumping there's something they? in that because the king of Morocco who was seen joining in the celebrations in the streets back home which I'm sure Charles will be doing if England win the World Cup Yeah, because um, <laughs> Royal Air Morocco have, have put on extra flights with subsidised rates mm. um, to, to get fans out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a really interesting thing about this World Cup is we have seen a lot of different fan bases because of where it is geographically. Because, of course, that's what the World Cup should be, mm-hmm. you know, taking it to other regions. It's just, unfortunately, da, 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 mm. da, we, know, we, we know all the problems there. Um, but they've had great support, Luke. You're absolutely right. And people were saying about the atmosphere in the ground was quite something. It certainly felt like it through the TV. Uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to be there, but it, mm. felt, it felt like that. It felt like it played a part. Mm-hmm. And it also felt like... Morocco were almost tailor-made opposition for Spain. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Spain now is football looks like to, to us, I think, that it's moved on to something different to what it was, say, in that golden period of Spanish football yeah. back in 10, 12 years ago, right? Yeah. But but Enrique, from what I've seen, seems to want to be to, to kind of 
still play that kind of way. Mm. It's almost like he's saying, <laughs> well, we did this and we had success. So, and we're technically a really good team, so mm. I want to do it that way. But it's surprising. But people, people moved on. And, but I was just going to say, you can't, the game's moved on for one thing. But the other thing is, you can't really do that if you still don't apply yourself mm. and, and show a bit <clears> of physical robustness and play with a bit of tempo. <clears throat> yeah, well, and, and if, and you don't do have, well, if you don't have a David Villa in the side as well, he's going to put the ball in the net. But Very short of a striker, just generally to link up play as well. We do need to talk about that uh, England fan holding up the World Cup trophy who looked a bit like Steve McLaren. Yes, you <laughs> do. Jim, that's much more important than talking about England's next opponent. Well, okay. What it reminded me of, because unfortunately it wasn't. There's a man who looked a bit like Steve McLaren in the crowd. So if you give us five minutes, we'll do France after that. Well, I just, I, he needs to be there <laughs> for the France game. But you know, when you know, in Remembrance Sunday this year, um, when the ceremonies happen, you have all of, all of the former prime ministers. That's true. Like, yeah. Oh, Liz Truss is there. That's weird. She's yeah. always going to be Steve there. Steve McLaren wasn't there. No, but they should do that for, for yeah. knockout games. Have them all sat in a row. Sam Allardyce. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> the great thing is, you mentioned that, and I thought to myself straight away, all the ones I can remember mm. have got nothing else on. No. <laughs> nothing. Exactly. Yeah. They're not doing anything. So let's get them in there. Put them there. A yeah. certain Swede would be there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have one of them sat on Gareth's right shoulder. Yeah. One of them sat on the left shoulder. Uh-huh. Sam Allardyce can be the evil one. Yeah. Sven could be the good one. Yeah. Oof, okay. Is he happy with that? Uh, it depends what situation. What about? It's a big night, that is. Work with, work with <laughs> me here. the good where's, one. Where's Capello? <laughs> work with me here. Work with me here. Every England manager on each other's shoulders mm. and a massive trench coat. Uh-huh. It's like a 30 foot manager. Yeah. Telling me that's not going to intimidate France. Keegan's on the top and falls off. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken my collarbone again. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just watch the game on no, the telly. <laughs> Keegan's in the middle. You yeah. just see his head poking out of it. Just, oh, oh. Do the button up, Kev. Do the button up. The trench cut doesn't work otherwise. <laughs> oh, dear. Jordan Henderson has now scored more goals in the knockout stages of international tournaments than Wayne Rooney. Mm. Harry Next. Kane is now one behind <laughs> Wayne Rooney's 53-goal England record. Yeah. Is all this a bit disrespectful to Wazza? Okay, how, listen, let's put it on Marcus then, Pete. Please, you know? put it all okay. on me. He's upset at me for bringing this up. I'm going to throw it back at him. Are you right. talking about former Southampton man, Sophie Ann Buffel? No, I'm not. Just wanted to mention Southampton. No, no I'm not. I'm going to say... <laughs> Oh, you're upset at Eto behaving like that. If Terry Butcher kicked an Argentinian fan in the face (laughs) outside outside Wembley Uh in front of the Bobby Moore statue on St George's Day. I want a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Captain Tom in heaven looking down. (laughs) Going, well done, lads. What's what's he eating? (laughs) He's eating... um, Cornish pasty. Pasty. (laughs) (laughs) Would you you applaud it? No, I wouldn't. Because my arms would be in the air. <laughs> uh, no, of course. <laughs> you'd be painting your face. That was very naughty. With Ramos, though, uh, up front, pressing, making runs, and so on, it looked like Joao Felix couldn't believe his luck. Yeah. That he had to, when he got the ball, he was like, oh, he's, he's actually making I've got actually, someone to well, slot it he's, to. He's, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. And in a, in a way, a real testament to the cultural power that Cristiano Ronaldo has mm. that it's even been much of a debate that for example the principles that anyone who watches football reasonably carefully knows like i.e. if you have a player who presses from the front for you who makes runs for you who makes it difficult and who opens the pitch up a bit more when you've got the mm-hmm. ball players like Bruno mm. particularly yep. 
who has uh, a good tournament compared yeah, to his... He's, uh, he's been, he's been yeah, very good. Yeah. Can actually do more. Mm. So are you saying that Fernando Santos is, was vindicated with well, dropping Ronaldo and then starting Ramos? It gave him a bit of identity. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it doesn't... And it's right that we started this chat about this game talking about Ramos because it's his moment. He scored mm. the hat-trick and he's the one who should be getting he's the He's 21, wise. he's playing in their league as well, which it can't be... Isn't it he he thing, won't I be think. for long. He no. won't be for very long. But, no, but, the point, but the point is, it's very easy to make this all about Ronaldo, which I'm sure we're, I feel like we're going to go on to do. I certainly will anyway, because that's that's the big talk of the... um. Talk of the uh, talk of the time. Well, and the fans but, were chanting his name as well. Yeah, but what a night for him! What a night for Gonzalo mm, Ramos! Yeah. yeah, we can't not talk about him. His movement and his impact on the game was so strong. Um, the way he finished, I mean, the third one, the dick is full of confidence. Yeah, mm. and that is worrying for other teams because the confidence I, of youth. Well, totally. I think that that has taken everybody by surprise because Morocco in the next round, and then after that, it will be France or England. I think everyone who thought well could get Portugal over you're thinking right well how do we, we play against Ronaldo and I think with Morocco with their energy with their guile and so on they probably think we'll do a job on it's it it's a really good mm. game yeah now it's like oh right hang on we've got something else it's to the think best about. thing it could have happened because now he hasn't got to have a conversation with yeah. anyone the manager he can just say we're going to carry on yeah and I think I think what Ronaldo's finding out actually the hardest way I can think of of any big mm-hmm. player is he's finding out what football does to everyone there's yep. no exception to this and that's that it moves on yeah and He's fallen foul of his own ego because when you're a player as good as him, you can do it all on your own terms until you can't. And now he can't. Yeah. And it's a really, really heavy fall for him. He could have managed his retirement mm-hmm. really respectfully all on his own terms. Professionally, he could have done it like that. But his perception versus the reality is going to hit him really hard. And the manager should be in a position where he can pick whatever team he wants. Mm-hmm. And the justification of what he did last night is there for everyone to see. And that's tough for Ronaldo. I th- mm. I, and it makes me feel like I wish I was there when the foot, I wish I could see footage of Ramos going back into the dressing room mm. and Ronaldo was there if he was there because well, we he heard again that he left early. Up, yeah. Because it would have been like, it would have been like a dad coming back early from a house party or something. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been like a kid having an amazing house party. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unexpectedly, the dad comes home. The spectre. And everyone's looking at their feet. And how Ronaldo can't see mm. or refuses to see the impact that that has <clears> because <throat> that's obviously the case. But do you think when you talk about, it, you know, he'll fall very hard and he can't see... Well, he is falling hard do right you, now. Do you think... Piers Morgan has added to that. <laughs> I think, uh, Pier- I mean, Jesus. Pier- Piers Morgan. I'd have loved to have seen Piers. Imagine that. Oh, he's been texting me that he's not starting. It's an absolute disgrace. The first yeah. one goes in. Yeah, well, Ronaldo is the second one. Yeah. The third. Yeah. Shut up, you wanker. Yeah. <laughs> when I interviewed uh, former Scotland international Kevin Gallagher, who played against Brazil in the 98 World Cup, he said that story, which I've told on here before. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I'll tell it again, damn it all, because it seems relevant. He said, before that 98 World Cup final opening game it was Brazil v Scotland because they used to do well some of them used to, would do the holders uh, playing first rather than the hosts because nowadays it's usually the hosts that play and because of the um, opening ceremony taking ages uh, they were not given the warm-up time on the pitch that they were they they wanted and needed which is mad if you think about yeah. it but you know it's the World Cup it's FIFA the pomp and all the rest of it so what they were doing is the Scotland players were kind of doing shuttle runs in their trainers up and down the little corridor um, which would lead out to the tunnel uh, before the game. And when you get to the end of the corridor, you could see through. There's a little portal called a window that you could see through to the next one. And they could. And when you got to the end of it, you could see some of the Brazilians there. And I said, oh, "Were they doing little shut runs?" And he went, "No, they were just dancing." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Not even for TikTok either. It was just yeah, a, yeah, living yeah, in the that's moment. That's what I mean. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Not just... a born inside. It's yeah. what they do. <laughs> Exactly. Pure joy. Yeah. Oi, we're about to play football, lads. This is amazing. How is it that that is so intimidating? Get that cat out of here. What? <laughs> I know, it really is. 
Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. Guys, sorry, you're live on Sky News. Your reaction to the win? Uh, we lost. Sorry, reaction to the loss and apologies. Um, reaction to the loss? Uh, shit. There have been a few times when I, I think we've been just t- taken really by surprise by not just the quality, but the narrative of the football in this tournament. And there've been a few times when teams who really should know better have been done on the counter-attack. Of all the many things that Croatia can do, I'm not sure you should be conceding a counter-attack goal to them. And the, the, the small gap in time to when Brazil lose the ball about 10 yards from the Croatian penalty box to the, bo- the point where Petkovic, who at that point has had an awful game, by the way, he's not doing anything that they need him to do. He can't hold the ball up. He keeps losing it. And then he, he pops up with this goal. Is not a goal that Brazil should be conceding. But I do wonder, we've looked at Brazil since the top of the tournament. I know we all have and said, on paper, it looks really top heavy. It has worked because Pacatar puts in the hard yards, despite being a flair player. Neymar puts in the hard yards when he gets the opportunity. But of course, Neymar's carrying this injury. Now, on, on one hand, it makes it even more extraordinary that he scores the goal he does to crack the game open. On the other hand, when they've not got the ball, and it's often not acknowledged what a hard worker Neymar is for the team, he can't do it because he's 65, 70% Neymar. He's not fit Neymar. If this is PSG's regular season, he's not playing at the moment. It's only because it's a World Cup that he's actually playing. He's said himself that he expects this one to be his last. Nicky, 
when you look back, despite what Andy says about this match, he, he's not to blame for the uh, loss to Croatia, but he's now got a legacy, as great a player as he is, a legacy in Brazilian terms, anyway, uh, a legacy that won't match up to those who have won World Cups. Yeah, I, I think it's it's so complicated with World Cup legacies because in the end, it is a tournament that happens once every four years. And then when you get to the knockout stage of it, all sorts of things can happen. Um, I think Croatia were brilliant in this game, but they still equalise with a deflected goal. They still equalise with a goal that, that, that has to take a, a particular deflection off Marquinhos to beat Alisson, who, who otherwise might have stopped it. And and that can completely change the whole story of, of, of Neymar in the World Cup. I don't think it has to be his last World Cup. He's, he's what, he's 30? And look at Luka Modric, who's 37, playing opposite him. Look at Leo Messi, who's 35 and playing his um, best World Cup ever. Leo Messi hadn't scored a World Cup knockout round goal until this tournament. So the idea that um, that you should define someone's whole career by their World Cups is, is kind of ridiculous because no one would have before this tournament doubted that Leo Messi belongs in the conversation for the very best footballers of all time. But certainly, I think in, as you were framing it, the, the sort of the history of Brazilian football, as a country that has won five World Cups, that, that has done that more than anyone else, the, the ones who get remembered will be the ones who win it. And I think for that reason, domestically Neymar's legacy perhaps will, will be affected if, if he doesn't manage to, to go and do that. And perhaps also it, it's just that thing that's always been the case for Neymar. Neymar has been a very, very good footballer, but he's lived in the shadow of the end of the um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi sort of duopoly of just being the best two players on the planet and so he'd have had to do something to shake out of that to make his sort of own name resonate in the same way that theirs will and it, and this was one platform on which he could have done that because they haven't won it yet and so if he'd gone ahead and won it then that would have given him something different oh hello everybody hard once again it's a similar it's slightly different perhaps but it's still ultimately the same feeling we've yeah. done a few of these haven't I we? Know, hey? yeah. 15 years we've done a few haven't we it's one of those ones where you go ooh this is you know when they talk about lean on your experience yeah it is one of those ones, <laughs> yeah. of those ones. Uh, England have gone Peter they've gone they've mm. gone that, uh, that lad eating a baguette in the stands mm. that he's had in his tent for about three weeks yeah, yeah. it looked a painful <laughs> chew that didn't it <laughs> Yeah, why did he only start it at the very end? Yeah, I don't know. I did, well, he just knew that the points were secure, or the the passage was secure. The I'd, points. <laughs> I'd like to have. I'd like to have seen um, as he broke into the baguette for the first time. Yeah. Obviously, dressed as a stereotypical Frenchman, mm. enjoying himself. I'd like to have seen that bloke who looked like a bit like Steve McLaren yeah. just come into <laughs> shot, and just, just tear a chunk out of his neck with his yeah. teeth. Yeah, I mean, there's a. They've gone, they've gone feral. They were they've good. Gone feral. They were good on Nashers, haven't they? I mean, there yeah. were, there were a few shots in that crowd last night, and I thought, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going on <laughs> that's, that's the thing and, and Pete's, Pete's dog whistled that but I'm going to say it explicitly mm. love England don't like the fans <laughs> <laughs> okay that's too explicit now you've gone too far the other way why don't you but like Marcus, me 
Some of the people in the crowd that look terrible, <laughs> does that make you feel slightly better that they're having a bad time? Not at all. Okay. No. okay I'm upset. Right. England lost, obviously, 2-1 to France. And I have, I have to be honest, when when I think it was at half-time when the, the when the cameras did pan around the crowd and we saw the uh, the sort of Steve McLaren look alike, I thought, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah. And made we you feel better. Not even he could do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so can I just say, I think Southgate should absolutely stay and he should be, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole thing should continue. If that hasn't been made clear, um, yeah. I think I would like to make that clear. Well, he did say, you know, when asked about his future, uh, he said, whenever I finish these tournaments, I need to... Uh, Time to make correct decisions because emotionally you go through so many different feelings. I want You've to make that contract, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> got a fucking contract, DJ. Yeah. We will sue you to the fucking moon, mate. <laughs> sort of excited to see what he does next, really, because there are sort of players sort of on the outskirts. Tomorrow would be a good example as well, and, and Madison as well, who we didn't see at all in the tournament, who mm-hmm. might well be integrated into the squad now, to with an eye on them being mm-hmm. present at the Euros, and and, and, and perhaps as sort of uh, almost the way that he sort of treated players like Maguire. Um, and sort of said, look, you may be out of form, you may be out of favour at your club, mm. you you might still have a home here, you know what mm. I mean? So maybe Not there's a, a little tournament. bit of that. So so yeah. maybe the flip side of that, mm-hmm. which sounded ridiculous going at the top of Harry Maguire, he he staked his reputation on it uh, the, the last match or the, or the second to last match, mm-hmm. but going into the tournament. And uh, Maguire's had a really good time. Yeah, you're absolutely right by, to make by that his, point. By his poor... Uh, post late on as well, didn't he, as yeah, well? Yeah. And he was unlucky. I, yeah. loved his, I love his marauding. Oh, I yeah. love when he starts yeah. marauding. Like you never see that. It's like a real chaotic energy to it. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, no, I know what you mean. It no. feels a bit like the world could crack open. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> but, but, but you're right. You're right to make that point, Pete. And I think that that is one of the triumphs, or well, maybe not tri- triumph is too strong a word, but one of the real plus points of Southgate's tenure in charge of England because he has made it feel like a club side. And every time a player goes into that squad, mm-hmm. or, or by and large, they're elevated. We see that with Pickford. I would say you see that a bit with Stones. Luke Shaw, certainly. Maguire's the obvious one. Um, they are elevated. They are, they, they, are, they are brought up and, 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 and people love playing for England now. They, they absolutely love it. And I think that's one of the big disappointments for this side will be, oh, the, the lads' holiday's kind of finished, you know. Mm. But like I say, there is, there is optimism here. Mm. I think that it does feel that, that there are a lot of similarities. Again, we talk about fine margins and you think, yeah, but it's just not fallen for England again. That ceiling is still there. As I said, they will punch through the ceiling at some point. And I think a lot of these players who played will be a part of the punching. Agree. But I do think, though, in 18 months' time, we're going to win that bloody tournament. Mark my words. It's going again. Yeah. It's going yeah. again. Listen, hard. The Euros can be even tougher than the World Cup, though. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be even better. You're not deterred we by that. We can be even better than we were in this world. <laughs> but you, but that, presumably that is, that is um, resting on the fact that you, you assume Southgate will stay on. Yeah. Um, I think when uh, we were talking pre-tournament about, oh, well, I would take this player and this player and he should start and he should start. Yeah. Pete said that they, you should be duty-bound as pundits to say, yeah, but, and, and who are you taking off and who are you leaving out? Because you have to complete the yeah. conversation. And again, if you're saying Southgate shouldn't stay on, who is coming in? But of course, the decision will rest with Gareth Southgate, but I sincerely hope that he does stay on. I agree. There we are. Unless, right, everybody. Unless Potch is available. Yeah. <laughs> He's picked his moments really carefully, I think, in this tournament as well. He doesn't need to be charging around. He doesn't. He, he never really has anywhere. But I think as he's got older, as Andy has said, then he's kind of changed his game up in that way. And it was, I think his, I think Messi's um, aging process was always going to be an interesting one to watch. And I think it was always he always had an advantage. If we are going to do the whole Messi Ronaldo thing, I think Messi was always going to have an advantage in terms of how he kind of, you know, matured because. He can step back. He can play deeper. He can play a role where he doesn't have to, you know, like like Andy said, do those dribbles. And this Argentina team has kind of 
throughout the tournament as well as Messi growing at the tournament. This Argentina team has grown at the tournament as well. And there's different players coming to the team, if you look after the Saudi defeat, gradually. And they've eventually got to this point now, Argentina, where they've finally got the mix right. We've got McAllister, who does a lot of the running for this team. We've got Enzo Fernandez, who played about three different roles last night. I think he was a centre midfielder, attacking midfielder, and a left-sided winger kind of thing. And then you've obviously got Alvarez as well. So you've got all these other little parts coming together eventually to get the mix right, not only for Argentina, but for Messi. And look, and that's always the key. Messi, Argentina's always had a problem getting the right blend around. They've had some fantastic players during Messi's mm. time on the international stage, but they have never quite got the blend right. It doesn't matter who it is. There was always a debate about which defensive midfielder or which centre midfielder to play. I know there was a big Benega, um, Fernando Gago debate for quite a bit as well. And they could never get it right despite all these brilliant players around. But finally, they've got the right mix. And Messi must be looking out and thinking, my word, I wish I was about five or six years younger so I could have a few more years <laughs> well, with yeah. Enzo and Julian Alvarez. When all said and done, gentlemen, though, Morocco have made it through to the third, fourth place playoff on Saturday against Croatia. But um, all joking aside, a Moroccan fan told the BBC after the game, Saturday is what they call a loser's game, but a third-place finish would mean the world to us because we have achieved the unexpected. There are no tears today because we are so proud of what these players have done for the fans and the country. Yeah, and I think if you talk about the third-place playoff being a chalk ice, Marcus, like you did earlier... And I like a chalk ice. No, I'm just saying, for them, for the Moroccan yeah. fans and the Moroccan team, mm. it's the most beautiful taste in chalk ice ever because no, they never expected to... It's a magnum. It's a, it's a magnum. It's an Arctic roll. It's a, no, it's a magnum. No, it's a magnum. Yeah. Do you not remember Arctic Roll? I do remember Arctic Roll, but it's nothing like a choc ice. It's got sponge in it. And you have it in a bowl with a spoon. So what are you talking about? I'm just reminiscing on old desserts That's that you fine. don't see anymore. You can do that, but don't claim it's a choc ice because it isn't. All right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My friend once ate a whole Vianetta in a row. Vianetta. For a, for a bet. Yeah. Really? And it cost a pound as well. All right. The Iceland. Anyway, Morocco's <laughs> choc ice is a beautiful taste in choc ice. I should be very proud of what they've achieved. And, um, you know, it's an incredible, incredible thing. It is. It is. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's have a quick break where we're going to have a mini milk. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you... <laughs> For those of you who've had time to um, think about um, the ice cream of choice uh, during the ad break there, when Andy and I are talking about the Magnum for the third mm -hmm. place playoff, we don't mean a triple Magnum, yeah. which I remember as being like a big thing when it came out. Mm -hmm. I was really looking forward to having it, but yeah. it was a bit, just a bit too much. Yes. It was too much. Okay. They'd over-egged the pudding, basically, yeah. quite, almost quite literally. No, I think the World Cup final is that top section of a fab. Yeah. And then the third place place, maybe the middle section, you think, ah, oh, I do miss the chocolate and the hundreds of thousands. And then anything else in the group stages, you just got that red bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Betfair I mean, Betfair will be absolutely delighted to coming off the back of that absolutely no doubt in my mind they will be delighted with that bloody Nora everybody <laughs> did you see that <laughs> if you want me to tell you how I feel about this match I haven't got a bloody clue I can't remember any of it there was too much stuff going on we need for a final we just yeah. need two events we do right but we had about 15 of the fuckers. It yeah. was crazy. It, I, I, I think it ended 3-all. It ended 3-all, <laughs> and then Argentina won 4-2 on penalties. Yeah. That I can remember. Yeah. My goodness, they're world champions for the third time. It's been a while since 1986. Yeah. Uh, a while. Course. I'd love that to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just a while. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. I... 
almost speechless. Not yeah. speechless, because that would be ridiculous for a podcast, of course. But Jim Campbell, is that the greatest... I mean, it's the greatest World Cup final, surely. Yeah, I think so. Um, Certainly of the modern era, but I think ever. Yeah. But, I mean, you could argue, in terms of drama, one of the best games you've ever seen. Absolutely one of the best games I've ever seen. And I think what you need when you're kind of... You're making those assessments is the stakes need to be high. There mm. needs to be a lot of moments of drama. And you, you need outside context and narrative. And the fact that, you know, Argentina have this thing about their national character, right? Where, yes. they, where they, they need to win against the odds. They mm-hmm. see themselves mm-hmm. as underdogs on a world stage and, and just in general. And then, you know, they're cruising. It looks really they're comfortable. Like Brazil, it's easy they? to forget <laughs> how dominant they were. They yes. looked so much better than France. They were yeah, then, then obviously they get that penalty. We'll come on to that later. France it's, get the penalty. France talk, get the yeah. penalty, yeah. And then Messi loses the ball. It's yeah. Messi who loses right. the ball. Could have been and, the... And, and, and then Mbappe gets the equaliser, the guy who's essentially going to be his successor, who's already got a World Cup, the one thing that's eluded him. And you're thinking, oh God, it's gone. <laughs> and it, like this is what's going to define him. And then, no, mm. it's him that turns it around again. And you've got these two absolutely box office players. I mean... The game was a real display of, of elite football, of course, but you've got these two players at the top of their game, essentially the peak of, of human ability at, when it comes to sport. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's dramatic to, to state that. And they both deliver in mm-hmm. the most explosive way. They both gave everything they possibly could. There's no sense of what could have been for either player. Obviously, there is for Mbappe in terms of him lifting the trophy again, but, you know, he scored three penalties. Well, he scored both his penalties. He, well, he, uh, well, he scored, scored three, three penalties. Yeah. Of course, he scored three penalties. He buried that chance brilliantly. He he gave so, so much. There's There's no sense that he let it slip away from him. It is just... Everything delivered in the most spectacular fashion. Mm. And he, he's, he, Jim's right there, isn't he? I mean, it was it was an extraordinary event. Argentina have been the team of this tournament, the passion and all that we talk about. To see them per- performing like that and lifting the trophy in front of essentially the, the home crowd, really, I mean, the, the supporters travel on mass. It was an incredible occasion. Yeah, and I think it was a good reminder that great sport is imperfect i think the fact that it, it, it was a game full of flaws and mistakes and one of the teams that didn't turn up for 70 plus minutes i, I think that, <laughs> that that all really added to it um but in terms of argentina they kind of played to type didn't they they did mm. exactly the same thing that they did against australia and against the netherlands in that they dominated a, a huge part of the game and then all of a sudden they were staring down the barrel of having it taken all away from them and Mm. they came the closest yet I guess to having it all taken away from them because if you compare I suppose the most intense game up until this point would have been the Netherlands quarter final once Veghorst got his equaliser that was incredibly dramatic but it never felt like the Dutch were going to go on from there it felt like they spent themselves getting there Mm. whereas Bobos. France, like, like <laughs> France, remarkably just found another level, a level that looked completely beyond them for for seventy minutes. I mean, I saw a French journalist tweet this morning. Um, uh, obviously, Mbappe had a great final, but it would have been nice if he turned up for the first eighty minutes. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. That's really yeah. harsh. But it did feel like that, though, didn't it? I should really talk more about Martinez in that moment because it is such a stunning save. Yeah. He, he, you know, he made a good save at the end of the Australia game, obviously saved penalties and so on. But that save, I, I just I have yeah. to take a moment because it was, that, that is, is up there. As all the moments, Argentina, everything coming together. You need a bit of luck. You need a bit of skill. You need things to go your way. Da-di-da-di-da. And you need moments of sheer yeah. quality. 
And that was an unbelievable moment of quality from the goalkeeper. It showed huge character yeah. and, and also huge focus. And I think actually what was extra impressive about Martinez as well is everyone's saying when it goes to penalties, oh, well, you know, you're back Martinez, etc. Of course, of course they're going to win because they've got Martinez. Yeah. But he's still got to step up and do that. Oh, and he will. And he's, he, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But isn't that so impressive? You, yeah. can, you can absolutely bank on it in mm. a penalty shootout. I mean, the man, in the hardest thing in the game... <laughs> You, you, like he's essentially worth at least one save. Do you think? What do you think he learnt, Jim? Ten years ago, when he went on loan and played once or twice for Oxford, do you think he learnt um, probably the, that thing with his knob that he did it on the thing? <laughs> I, think, I think he learned that things can get better. He, he, he learned his, that uh, is a remarkable. Yeah. Story. Oxford's a nice town, lovely Rotherham, less so. <laughs> so got, I've got a theory here. Go on, Alexis McAllister's obviously had a brilliant World Cup, played mm. very well in the final. If Neil Mope doesn't injure Bernd Leno, right. Martinez doesn't get his chance. He doesn't end up in the Argentina squad. Yeah. Have Brighton won the World Cup? Maybe. <laughs> I should have specified Oxford United, by the way, because I'm aware there's an Oxford City and I really right. don't want to anger those no. uh, very passionate supporters. Bristol Gate all over again. <laughs> it, indeed, indeed it is. Uh, but the moment Mbappe scored that second goal, I was off, I'm out yeah. of my seat. Brilliant finish. Couldn't believe what I was seeing because, again, the game turned so quickly. And it just was so unlikely. And you think, there he is. Mm. Because that first penalty takes a lot of a lot of bottle because, as you say, you're facing Martinez. You've got his hands to it. But it was it was a, it was a good penalty in, 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 in the end. But that Mbappe second goal, Jim, my yeah. goodness, I was just I mean, like, I don't know what to do with myself. The only time Mbappe <laughs> looked nervous was after the game. Yeah. Like, the composure of him is incredible. Knowing and he had to go up and get his top goal scorer award. Yeah, quite. All, all, all that stuff. But... Um, the thing with Mbappe as well that we've seen over and over again is he delivers in these moments, mm. and that is that's a big part of a superstar player. And I think what's going to happen now with this interminable, endless goat debate is that this will <laughs> it will switch endless goat. That's my order in like a Turkish restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take or you can, or I'll you take can. the endless. You I'll said take the, endless the goat, goat was please. endless. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that will switch to whether or not Mbappe can match Pele's three World Cups because he's so well-placed mm. to do it. Well, Mbappe has matched Jeff Hurst's record, of course. Absolutely. Of scoring uh, a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Ali McCoy did say, first hat-trick in a World Cup final where all three were over the line. To add to that, <laughs> I would say that it's the first first imperfect hat-trick in a World yep. Cup final. <laughs> People forget Jeff Hurst was a perfect, perfect hat-trick. hat-trick yeah. and, uh, and it was the first uh, hat-trick in a World Cup final um, that where not all from open play. Yes, uh, you know I'm just defending okay. yeah, Sir right. Jeff. I'm, I'm going to move it <laughs> away from England uh, and back Could to you? Mbappe. Could you? I think the 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 best players they go through turmoil, don't they? There's always something in these like really really kind of top level players' careers mm. that is that is a setback they then have to overcome. And this has happened for Mbappe here, and I'm sure we'll see him in another final. And that itself might become the pressure now. Like mm-hmm. it. it it might stop being about France and it might become about getting Mbappe more more titles, which I think Argentina has struggled with the, the weight of that pressure for Messi in the past. But it all came together beautifully here where they looked under less pressure uh-huh. for whatever reason. But I mean, the, the scenes of celebration around the world are a bit amazing. I've, I've got some Brazilian friends who were cheering on Argentina genuinely. How really rare is that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely astonishing. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. And I love that, um, that not just that Di Maria is involved, but scoring Sergio, as well. Scoring. Yeah. Sergio Aguero's on the pitch. With his drums. They, they've got Al's, the band back together. How's he yeah. getting away with Aguero's that? Aguero's on the, the drums. Amount, the amount of shit oh, we give on. John Terry. I mean, come on. Well, people were comparing it. Of course, off the pitch, the tournament has been extraordinary in, in other ways. And we, we asked uh, your good selves, your uh, the listeners uh, full-time yesterday on the Football Ramble uh, Twitter, what your feelings were about this, this World Cup as you reflected on it. And... 
Yeah, it was it was very very interesting. Uh, a, a lot of people mentioned Lionel Messi draped in the bisht by uh, Gianni Infantino and the Emir of Qatar just before he lifted the trophy, and that is a traditional men's cloak that has been worn in the Arab world for thousands of years. Now, if you describe it like that, one could say, oh, my, you know, they're saying, you know, you're worthy of this great honour kind mm. of thing. You can spin it that way. But a lot of people have not seen it like that, of course. Uh, this World Cup has been tainted. There's no doubt about that. It's been incredibly entertaining, of course. And as you said, Jim, well, the, the, the football teams and, and players and managers kind of did that. But you, you kind of got you kind of got to be careful, I think. Me and you were talking about this before for the show. Like... It, it has slipped over to some slightly sort of distasteful chat, certainly online, about, you know, yeah, well, the, the, sadly, the speech yeah. of Chloe. I mean, culturally, countries do this all the time in tournaments, in mm. weird little pre-season tournaments. They'll give you something that for winning the... Something you know, ceremonial. Something ceremonial, something, something like that. I mean, like, it's... I, I, I said this before the show, like, remember when, like, um, the, the Muslim Chelsea players had to hide in the, hide in the bathroom in, in the dressing room after Chelsea won the league? Yeah. Like, to not get covered in fucking champagne. Like, yeah. you talk about culture clashes. Mm. Or not clashes, but you know what I mean? You talk about different cultures in certain parts of the world. I mean, like... Different beliefs. I'm, yeah, and but, you know, this is part of parcel of a tournament that part of the world. I, so mm. I don't necessarily have a massive deal, problem with that, but I'm glad there's a, a visual reminder, I think, with Messi dripped in, it literally mm-hmm. is his boss's court. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, if he owns he owns Messi, he owns Mbappe. He did, you know, they deserve that tint. Yeah. If, if if you're sort of saying it is a tint, well, they 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 deserve it. Sorry, for saying tint all the time, but um, but you know, if you if your boss put puts a jacket on you, you mm. ask you ask how mm. high you want the zip. And but that's, that's an soft in, sell a lot. But that's an interesting uh, um, angle on that, though, isn't it? Because a, a lot of the criticism, and I, I understand that as well, has been that that's going to be an iconic photo. Yeah. Lionel Messi, of all people, lifted every every picture of anyone lifting a World Cup is iconic, but mm. Messi in particular, mm. um, it, it, it's going to be one for the ages, and it is an attempt to. Own it, you know, to, to not not just own it, but be constantly present and have a reminder that you know, yeah, Qatar had a World Cup, we had a brilliant World Cup, and it's it is essentially the sort of cherry on top of the sports washing project. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they 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 got the World Cup to try and improve their reputation on a global scale, and 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 this is an attempt at that. And and we've seen that, well, you know, thousands of families are grieving, yeah. thousands yeah. and thousands of families are grieving grieving for this for this World Cup. That is the cost that it's come at, and mm-hmm. it's it's. It's difficult to separate those things. I think. Yeah, for, for, for years before, you know, again with Amnesty releasing figures and of of how many people have died and so on, making the World Cup. Yeah, it, it will always be. And as you said, Pete, the, the funny thing is, is when Messi, we we see those photos of Messi lifting that trophy, we will be reminded of it. And it, and mm. but but of course, a, a, a lot of other parts of the world won't won't see it like that. I also think on on the other side of that is that partic- more with Morocco's run really than than with the. You know the, the host nation. Yep. The involvement of the Arab world in this World Cup has been a huge positive as well. Oh, it's been fantastic. With the, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the fans exactly. Like, like, it is a it is a region that's been neglected. I think when we talk about the the bish, it's it's not a comment on Qatari culture no. or Arab culture. It's a comment on the host nation trying to own the moment, mm-hmm. which should not be the case. It really shouldn't. Mm. It should be Messi's moment. It should be yeah. Argentina's moment. So it's not cultural disrespects or cultural mm-hmm. misunderstanding or any of that sort of stuff. And we've seen from the 2018 World Cup all this shit that Infantino has peddled about uh, it's, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got to not isolate nations and we've got mm. to help them improve. Well, how's that worked out with Russia exactly? Yeah. Mm. And he has such a personal relationship with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. It couldn't have been closer to him. He was given the Russian order 
of merit. Has he given that back? Has he denounced Putin? Has he bollocks? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Andy. I think that, that Infantino almost goes in for this myth of, yeah, but we're in charge of football. We can change things. It's like, yeah. it's no, just not true, you know what? They, the, the, the big difference was they weren't in charge of this World Cup. Now, well, that, FIFA, yeah, that's true. FIFA, FIFA normally are. FIFA, in the most unpleasant way possible, mm-hmm. impose themselves on host nations, mm. don't pay taxes, don't give them all the benefits that you really should have yeah. from hosting a, a, a World Cup. But this time, I think what's been interesting is the Qataris have actually taken it out of FIFA's hands. And that has been a very interesting power. Because because FIFA didn't want to be proved wrong. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.